I said, as I said last week, we'll do a short series on why obey the commandments. You know, our guiding principle, our guiding verse, Matthew 28. Teaching them to obey all. Teaching them is equipping them. Teaching them to obey is half of it. But teaching them to obey all. So when you're in a discipleship relationship, the encouragement to everyone is which area in our life are you still not obeying the Lord? There are so many. I have so many. Just ask my wife. She will tell you that I have many things to learn about the Lord. Ask your children. Ask your church members. Ask your co-workers. If you reflect the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And we said that the reason why we obey the commandments is, number one, it dis we distinguish ourselves as God's people. We are set apart. We should stand out in a positive way. That when people see us, they will recognize us as people of God, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just people who have prayed the prayer and come to faith in Christ, but people who are following the commandments of the Lord God. Secondly, we obey the commandments because we prove we love God. God said that I will write my commandments in their hearts. He did not say I will write the commandments in their minds. It is easy for us to obey if our desire to obey is born from our heart. It is very hard to obey with our minds because we debate. But if it is from your heart, it is easy to obey. Yes? And thirdly, we become effective witnesses for Jesus. When people see us, what do they say? When we enter a room, do we bring light or do we bring darkness? Do we bring joy or do we bring gloom? 1 Peter 2 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from your sinful desire which war against your soul. We don't belong here. This world is just a stepping stone. This world is temporary. We are all, if you are in Christ, you are all headed for eternity with God in heaven. So while we are still living in this world, we should live as if we are strangers. We should live as if we are just passing by. We should not put too deep roots in this world because this world will pass away. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Notice that if you and I live such obedient and good lives, even the pagans will glorify God. Even the pagans, people who do not know God, they will glorify God because of the way you and I love and obey God. This morning, we continue. We continue with why obey the commands. And if you don't mind, may I ask you to please stand up as we read just a few verses from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. Let's all read. I. You shall. You shall. You shall. third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commands. Let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you for your word. Everything will pass away, Lord God, but your word, your word stands forever. God, we thank you for your presence. We acknowledge your presence in our midst. And we pray, Lord God, that you will speak to us. I pray, Lord God, that your spirit will continue to minister to my spirit. 
that I may say only the words that you want me to say. Lord, guard my heart, guard my lips, guard my mind, so that whatever we say here, whatever we do here, Lord, only you and you alone are reflected, are glorified, are lifted up. God, apart from your Holy Spirit, I can do nothing. So be with me, Lord, now. Even as I prepared, Lord God, and now deliver your word. Speak to all of us, Lord, for your servants are listening. This is our prayer, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to go through all of the ten. Now, I shared with you last week that in the Old Testament, they had 603. We're just going to discuss the 10. In the New Testament, they had 1,050. So that's a total of 1,653 commands. We're just going to deal with the 10. This morning, why do we need to obey the commands? And it deals with, what do you think the first and the second command deals with? Huh? God. What about God? said, let's read it again. Verse 6. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land, your, out of the house of what? Slavery. So he introduces himself. Right? And then, after he introduces himself, you have all the you shalls. Right? So we have not reconciled yet who God is, then we will not be able to follow the you shalls. As Alistair Begg in his message says, we have to know the I am before we can do the you shall. If you do not know the I am, what in the world is the you shall? Are you with me? So we'll continue. This part I would like to entitle Idolatry, Adultery. Idolatry, Adultery. Let's read. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So God is introducing himself as the one who set them free. Remember, God set them free first. Then he gave them the commandments. He did not give them the commandments so that they could be set free. God declared them, You shall be my people and I shall be your God. I will bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey. The problem is, this land is full of the Canaanites, Jebusites, Hittites, Hivites, Termites. Remember? So how will you be able to identify yourself in this land full of pagans as the people of God? The people of God follow a certain law, a certain guideline. If there is no law, each man does himself. There is anarchy. But to distinguish who God's people are, He gave them the law. So the law comes after freedom. The law comes after being set free. You and I do not obey the law so that we will be saved, so that we will go to heaven. No one can obey the law Therefore, no one can go to heaven. That's why salvation is by God's grace. Now that we are saved by the grace of God, God has given us the law, the pattern by which His people will live by. Why? Because we love God. And when we obey God and people see that we love God enough to obey Him, we set a good example for them to possibly come to know Jesus Christ through us. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. What does verse 7 says? You shall have no other God before me. Imagine, you're going to in this land, the land of the Canaanites, the Hebites, the Jebusites. They all have many gods. Many, many gods. How will we be able to distinguish how will they be able to distinguish who are God's people oh God's people are the one that have only one God I am the Lord you shall have 
What? No other. So how many? One. Just one God. Now what did what happens? Why did God have to remind us that there should only be one God? This part I have entitled The Worship of the Wrong God. Notice the G is small. Why? There is only one capital G. The Lord our God. Who is this God? What does he say about himself? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Before Deuteronomy chapter 5, the second giving of the law, Moses reminds the people, Know therefore today, and take it to the heart, that the Lord, He is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. So you shall keep His statutes, His commandments, which I'm giving to you today, that it may go well with you, with your children after you, that you may live long on the land which the Lord God is giving you for all time. The first generation of those who were set free from bondage in Egypt, they all died because they didn't believe. God let them wander in the desert for 40 years until that entire generation died out. This is the second giving of the law. And Moses reminds them, Know therefore today and take it to, your, to heart that the Lord God, He is in heaven above and on earth below. What? There's no other. There is no other God. There is only one God. The God of Moses. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The one who said, Who will I tell? Moses asked, Who will I tell them who sent me? He said, I am. I am sent you. I am the Lord God. Both in heaven and on the earth, there is no other. Only one God. None other. In Isaiah, I am the Lord. There is no other God besides me. There is no God. So there is no other God and there is no other God beside Him. Who then will we be able to compare God to? No one. Nothing. Because there is only one God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other the one forming light, creating darkness, causing well-being, creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Two weeks ago, Pastor Reggie shared, God is God. He does whatever He pleases. He alone is God. We cannot compare Him to anyone or anything else. There is no one but God. There is no one besides God. In this world today, there are many theisms, many ideas about God and spiritual things. Oh, have you heard this argument? All the gods are the same. Allah is the same. God Jesus Christ is the same. So and so is the same. So and so is the same. Therefore, all roads lead to the same God. Is that true in accordance with the word of God? No. There's only one God. No one except our God. Who is this God? Who is this God? He said, in the beginning, who was there? When there was absolutely nothing, who was there? You name the religion in your mind. Was that person there? Any religion in your mind? Was that person there? Was not there. Only our God was there. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, what did He do? He created. So who is this God? Our God is Creator God. And what did He create? Everything. Everything known and unknown to man. God, our God, created. What else? This God said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish over the, of the sea, over the birds of the sky, 
over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This one God refers to himself in the plural. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So this God, creator God, who created everything out of nothing, decides to create us. But he said, let us. Now, we're not going to spend too much time on this. It will take a whole message altogether to explain the triune God, if at all we will be able to explain it. But we know from the Bible that our God is three persons, yet one God. The mystery. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our image. So whether you like it or not, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you are the image and reflection of God. You like that? Yes? When you see yourself, God made me. I am unique. I am God's masterpiece. Because I was created in the image and likeness of God. Now, look at, we believe that there is one God, but our belief from the Bible is that there are three persons in one God. Look at this diagram. You have God the Father, you have God the Son, you have God the Holy Spirit. God. God the Father is God. God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. But the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Son. The Spirit is not the Father. Are you confused already? Yes. yes. Very good. We are in the same boat. We call this a triunity. They're all the same. They have the same purpose. They operate and function differently. You want me to explain the Trinity so that all of us will understand it? Yes? Okay, I'll see you in heaven. No one can completely understand this mystery. That's why it is called a mystery. And even one of the great men of God, John Wesley, okay, this is what he said. Bring me a worm who can comprehend the man, and I will show you a man who can comprehend the triune God. Nowhere in Scripture from Genesis, even if you go all the way to maps and concordance, will you see the word Trinity? It's not there. But you will see, if you read your Bibles, and I hope you read your Bibles, that you will encounter God the Father. You will encounter God the Son. You will encounter God the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ said, I, am the fa I and the Father are one. In Acts chapter 5, when Ananias and Sapphira lied about the money, Peter told them, you did not lie to men. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God. See, many people don't believe that there is a triune God because they did not see the word Trinity. Meron Trinity in the Philippines. Holy Trinity pa nga eh. Diba? Malapit sa St. Luke's. But we believe that there is one God. Three persons in one God. But what do they do? God in already introduced himself. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. He created us. But what do we do? Look at Romans chapter 1. For even if they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened, Professing to be wise, they became fools. And what? Exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. You think God is pleased? 
that we would attribute his creation to somebody else? That we would say that there are other gods when he says there's only one God? You see, Isaiah said, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Remember, the Israelites were going into the land, a land where the pagans have a lot of gods. He's reminding them, I am the Lord your God. I am the one who brought you out of slavery. Don't have any other gods before me or besides me. I'm not going to share my glory. I'm not going to give my praise to another. Especially when you go into the land where they have graven images. In Joel chapter 2 verse 27, Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel. You see? How will you know that the Israelites are God's people? Because God is in their midst. And that I am the Lord your God. Again, can you read that part? There is no other. There's only one God. That God is our God. And he says, their wicked deeds do not allow them to return to their God because a spirit of what? Idolatry controls their heart and they do not acknowledge the Lord. What else? You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship or in other translations, love, do you not know that love with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever to wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. You know, Oprah Winfrey, in one of the interviews that I saw, she turned her back on her walk with God when she read that verse. How can I believe that God is a jealous God? You see, we have a bad connotation about jealous. Jealousy. There's a difference between jealous for and jealous of. If I'm jealous for my wife, my desire is to protect her. I will do anything and everything to protect her. But if I say I'm jealous of, it's covetousness. You get the difference? Just one word. Jealous for versus jealous of. Jealous of Filipinos are very known for that. Crab mentality. When the person is blessed in the business, curacotero. Right? We, we have a bad idea. We become jealous of them. That's why that person is blessed. Because he has government officials in his pocket. We, right? We have that idea. That's different jealous for. When I'm jealous for, I don't want to see my loved one get into any kind of problem. So I'm protective of them. That's being jealous for. God says, I am a jealous God. He's protective of us. So he doesn't want us to fall in the sin of idolatry, especially during the time when the Israelites were going to this new land where there were a lot of idols. I want to protect you. I want to remind you, you have only one God. And that's me, he says. Do not have any other gods before me. Now, I don't think any one of us has graven images and we worship graven images. But in North Korea, in one of the uh, documentaries, they have a picture of their Korean president. Now it's Kim Jong-un used to be Kim Jong-il, and then his father before that. They have this picture in the house, and they weep, they cry, they worship that picture. Because they believe that their leader is God. Now, we don't have that. Right? But anything and everything, anyone and everyone that comes between you and your God is an idol. It does not have to be a graven image. Your job, if that comes between you and your relationship and fellowship with God, 
Is that an idol? Yes or no? Your car. Tahimik na. Your car can be your idol. Your job can be your idol. Your family can be your idol. Your ministry can be your idol. Your hiking with eating lechon can be your idol. Anything, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, anything and everything that comes between you and God is an idol. That's why it says idolatry is adultery. Because when God called you, you came into an exclusive relationship with Him. He said, I will be your God, you will be my people. And that is like a marriage. When you commit to your husband, when you commit to your wife, you committed that there will be no one and no one besides your wife or your husband. And then when something or someone gets in the way, what do you call that? Adultery. When someone or anyone or anything comes in between you and God, that's an idol and that is adultery. Spiritual adultery. That's why the book of James said, you adulteresses. Are we communicating? Adult, idolatry does not necessarily have to be something tangible. Because idolatry is in the heart. If you give your heart to another, you have made that your idol. Love the Lord. Our band saying, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Anything that comes in between that is your idol. I don't want to mention golf because I will be hitting a lot of people. <laughs> you see, I did not mention it. I did not say that golf can be your idol, did I? <laughs> I'm telling you, brothers, anything and everything. Deal with me. Allow me. If you are unwilling to change, to become more like Christ. Who is your idol? If you do not want to kill the pride that is within you, who is your idol? See? It does not have to be in any particular way, shape, or form. Because idolatry is in the heart. My devotion to God. And God tells me, you shall have no other God before me, behind me, besides me. I am God. No one else. Do not worship the wrong God. Because idolatry is adultery. It's marriage. The whole Bible tells us from Genesis chapter 3, the first wedding in the Garden of Eden, to the book of Revelation, which tells us Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and we, the church, is his bride. How can we give our devotion to somebody else? That's idolatry. That's adultery. Don't give your heart to anyone else. Don't give your allegiance to anything else. Don't give your heart because your heart is exclusively for God. They will be my people, and I will be their God, and I will write my laws in their heart. Why do we obey the commands? The first two commandments deal about who God is. And if you are not reconciled yet within yourselves, who the I am is, then you will not be able, or you will not want to, follow the you shalls. Why? Because you're still confused. Who is this that is giving me these laws? Why should I follow this person? See? But if you realize and you are, have reconciled within yourself, this person who has given me these commandments is God. Then I have to make a decision about the you shalls. 
until I come to the point of reconciling that God says, I am God. You shall have no other God besides me. Until you've reconciled that within yourself, you will not be able to follow the rest. That's why if we just sum up the law of the commandments in one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, will we make the grade? We won't. I won't. Because there are times, to be honest, I love myself more than I love God. Selfishness. You love other things more than you love God. How does God look at that? You see, if we didn't need it to be reminded, then why would God put this as a command? I am the Lord your God. You will have no other. There is no God besides me. I am God. Worshipping the wrong God, and now we come to the worship of the true God in the wrong way. So there is a worship of a false God, small g, and there is a worship of the true God. However, it is done in the wrong way. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods beside me. There is no other God. He said, I am. Now that we've exposed or discussed the who I am is all about, we come to the you shall. Deuteronomy 5. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water underneath. You shall not worship them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generation to those who hate me. Fathers, I call attention to you. You are the leaders of your home. Look at what the Bible is saying. We have a responsibility as the spiritual head. Visiting the iniquity of whom? Huh? Again? Visiting the iniquity? Fathers, are we responsible? Are we accountable? Visiting the iniquity of the father to the third and fourth generation. And look what God uses. He uses very strong words. Of those who what? Hate me. When we do not like to obey God, we tell God, I hate you. I don't want to obey you. Let's go back. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or beneath the earth or water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them for the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God. How many commands? Ayun, patulog na. How many commands? What's the first command? You shall not make. Secondly, you shall not if you make. Are you guilty? You did not make, but you worship. See that? Do not make for yourselves an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven, on the earth, or beneath the earth. Don't make. Don't make anything. Don't carve out. Don't fashion. Don't make. Right? And more importantly, in verse 2, you shall not worship them or serve them. So it's a two-pronged command. Do not make and do not worship. Remember the picture I told you about Kim Jong-il? They did not make that picture. If it's just a picture, is it an idol? You have a picture of your, I have a picture of my Lolo, bigger than this. Because I have a picture. Is that an idol? No. But the moment I begin to worship that picture, the moment I begin to bow down and revere this picture, what is that in the eyes of God? Idol. Gets? It's a two-pronged command. Do not make and do not worship. I did not make my car. God. Become my idol. 
my iPhone. Selfie, selfie. May selfie stick pa. Do not make anything. Graven images. Do not worship any of them. Why? Because the Lord your God, I'm jealous for you. You will fall into the trap of the other pagans who have lots of gods. Remember I showed you last week, what did Paul say? Wow, you Greeks, you have so many gods. Just to make sure you have even the unknown God. Just to make sure. Maybe I miss a God somewhere. Just to make sure all of my bets are covered, I have one to the unknown God. See that? God tell, told them time and time again, if you read the Old Testament, do not, do not intermarry with them. Why? Because they will bring you to worship their gods. Idolatry is adultery. Don't worship the wrong God. Worship the true God the right way. Why? There is a worship of the true God in a wrong way. See, John 4 says, when Jesus encountered the woman at the well, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Do you have you seen a spirit? Oh no, hmm, ano yung hmm? <laughs> have you, has anyone seen a spirit? No. Why? Spirit. spirit nga eh. Pastor, I have seen a spirit. When? When I opened the cock, the spirit. No, you did not see the spirit. A spirit has no shape or form. So how can God be a particular shape or form? Why does, why does man make it so complicated? God said he is spirit. There is no shape or form. So how do we know what Jesus looks like? How do we know what God looks like? Let's make, let's make. God said he is spirit. He cannot have any shape or form. So he says that the true worshippers, which means that there are false worshippers, the true worshippers will worship God in spirit and in truth. You cannot divorce one from the other. There is no shape. We must worship the true God in the right way. The way that He wants us to worship Him. The one true God. He must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. You cannot say, I just worship God in spirit. How? Asda. You know what asda? Asda spirit leads. No, no, no. You have the truth. You have the word of God. You have to worship the true God the right way. Now what happened? What happened to them? Exodus 32. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this, Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Tear off the gold rings which are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off the gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day, they rose early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. What was their problem? Moses was up in the mountains. God was giving him the commandments. Took about 40 days. So they said, where's our leader? Because they see the rumblings in the mountains. So they thought to themselves, maybe Moses is dead. But who will go before us? Remember, they were in Egypt. 
they were exposed to all the gods of the Egyptians. So in their mind, what did they do? Oh, we have to have a god. We have to make a god. And look, look at what they said. This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Does it sound familiar? He said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. What an insult! When you and I attribute something to God, that should be to God, you attribute it to someone or something else. Masakit ba yun? Is that painful? You're at work. You're the one doing all the job. Somebody else gets promoted. Mm. Masyado namang war prick tong kapatid natin. You feel bad, right? Why? Because credit not was, did not go to where it is due. Right? You come. You come home. Wow! You see the meal. Wow! This must really taste good. Kare-kare. You know, oxtail. You know kare-kare? Alex? Yes, very good. Kare-kare. How about crispy pata? You know also? No, not yet. Okay, so we'll just stick with kare-kare. Kare-kare. And then you have uh, bagoong, ancho, uh, anchovies ba yun? Whatever. Sarap! Diba? And then you eat. Wow! Where did you buy this? Oh. How does the cook feel? See what I'm saying? They attribute, this is your God who brought you out of the land of... God! Our God was the one who brought us out of Egypt. Not this one. So they were, they were afraid. We don't have a leader. What is their plan? Okay, let's make a God. Aaron, the brother of Moses. I don't know, maybe he was pressured. Right? Because you have the multitude coming to you. So what did he do? He told them, okay, get everything. Tear off the gold rings which are in your ears, the ears of your wives. Oh, yan, ha? Kayo. Okay? Your sons. Uba, pwede pa lang mag-hikaw ng time na. And the daughters and bring them to me. What did they do? Then the people did what Aaron told them to do. He took this from their hand and fashioned it with the graving tool, made it into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God. Now, when Aaron saw this, what did he do? He built an altar. Why do you have an altar? For what? Did they want to worship God? Is that such a bad thing? It's not a bad thing to worship God, right? But we must worship the true God the correct way. He said, I'm the Lord. True worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Their motive was good. Let us worship God. But the way that they approached God was completely wrong. The next day they rose early and what did they do? They burnt offerings. Tama naman yun. That's correct. They brought peace offering. That is correct. The people sat down to eat. Sandali lang. They rose up early. Oh. May remind, there's another reminder to us. They rose early. Is sleep your idol? They rose early. They rose early to offer burnt offerings, peace offerings, to drink and rose to play. They were going to enjoy their worship. Don't you enjoy worshiping God? But we must make sure that we worship the true God the right way. Because if we don't, God looks at it as idolatry. What happened? Then Moses said to Aaron, What is this? What did these people do to you that you have brought such sin, great sin upon them? Moses was holding Aaron accountable. You see that? What did these people do to you that you have brought such great sin upon them? Aaron said, Do not let your anger do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself. They are prone to evil. 
For they said to me, Make us a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know has what has become of him. It's correct, right? From what we had previously read. That's what the people said. We don't know what happened to our leader Moses. Make us a God so we can worship him. Right? So far, so good. Still honest. I said, I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let me tear it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. <laughs> we just read, he got the gold, he carved it, and he melted all the gold and fashioned it in a calf. You get bit nuts and bolts, screws, you put it in the washing machine, spin cycle, paglabas, Rolex. <laughs> now, you see, another sin. Now he's lying. They already made the sin of worshiping a wrong God. Sin of idolatry. Now it's another sin. I don't know what happened. I just got the gold. I put it in the fire, voila! Became a calf. No. You think God was pleased? You think God was pleased the way they wanted to offer their worship? Their motive was true. Their motive, their motive was correct. We want to worship God, but we need something to focus on. We need an image. So they got the gold and they fashioned a calf. But Aaron said, uh, it just happened to be like a calf. When in truth, he fashioned it. He got the tool and he, gra he, engraved, he carved it out. Right? What did God do? When Moses saw the people were out of control and Aaron had let them get out of control to be a derision among their enemies, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together to him. This is not the manufacturer of the jeans. This is the tribe of Levi. Moses comes out, okay? Everything, this is already, this is really bad. I know God is angry. So Moses comes. Okay, those who are for the Lord, you make a decision. Come to my side. All right? So the entire tribe of Levi, they go over to the side of Moses. Moses tells them, he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Every man of you put his sword upon his thigh, go back and forth from the gate to gate in the camp, and kill every man his brother, every man his friend, every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. You think God is serious? about idolatry you think the sin of idolatry is very serious not one of the tribe of Levi worship that idol that golden calf Levi became the Levites who take care of the altar of God 3,000 in one day because their desire was to worship the true God. However, their manner, their plan to worship the true God was done in the wrong way. When we give credit to someone else, when we praise someone or something else for something that God has done, it hurts God. Do you realize that? If we in our relationships, if we feel bad when people betray us, when our loved ones betray us, do you think God does not hurt? God does not ache? Do you not think that God's burden, God's heart is grieved? Look at what he said in Ezekiel. Then those who escape will remember me among the nations to which they will be carried captive. How I have been hurt by their adulterous hearts, which have turned away from me. And by their eyes, 
which played the harlot after their idols. And they will load themselves in their own sight for the evils which have, they have committed for all their abominations. God grieves. God grieves when we attribute something that is really His handiwork when we attribute it to someone or something else. What do we do? What are we to do? We must obey the commands. And God says, idolatry is adultery. There is the worship of the wrong God and there is the worship of the true God in the wrong way. When Joshua, the one who was able to bring the people of God over to the promised land, before he was about to die, he wrote this. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in, in, in Egypt and serve the Lord. So what are you supposed to do? Put away. You cannot have the God with all these other representations of God. You must put them away. And then you decide. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have to put out those idols and you have to make a choice. What are your idols? I don't know, but God knows. I have this picture in my mind that you're hanging on two ropes and you're in the middle of a precipice. And if you let go of one, you might fall to your death. One says, the true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The other rope represents my former religion, my idols in my life, and all the other idols that God considers idolatry. I have to make a choice. I have to grab only one. Because I cannot cling on to both. I have to make a choice. If it is disagreeable to you, look at what it says. In your sight to serve the Lord, then choose. If you want to trust in the gods of this world, or if you want to trust the Lord, you can choose only one. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you shall have no other God before me and besides me, but the choice is yours. Who will you worship? Who will you give your allegiance to? Who will you love? Who will be first place in your life? Why do I obey the commands? Because the commandments of God tells me idolatry is adultery. Oh, you adulteresses. If you love the word, word, world, then you are an enemy of God. Do not worship the wrong God. And do not worship the true God in the wrong way. Both are unacceptable. You must decide. And you can only choose one. Who is it going to be? 
your choice. This morning, I'm opening up the Lord's table. The decision is yours. You must choose. If you choose to pledge your allegiance, your commitment to the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if you choose Him, then come, partake of the juice that represents the blood of Jesus. Partake of the bread that represents His body on which all of our sins were carried for. Because through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, all of our sins are forgiven and we can only be acceptable to God through what Jesus Christ has done. If you're not willing to choose God, please, don't partake. Do not let the cup and the bread be an abomination to you. But if you choose God and you're willing to let go of anything and everything else except God, then come forward and partake of this bread and this juice. These are just elements that represent the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. If you're willing, the Lord asks, come and partake. Continue to be in an attitude of prayer while you make these decisions. And again, let me remind you that we should not partake of the blood and the bread, the juice and the bread in an unworthy manner. Because this is serious stuff between you and God. Let go of those idols. Let go of your allegiance to anyone or anything else. Give your complete and undivided allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. that as you make these commitments God will hold you accountable to it but we are here your discipleship groups are here to help you in your journey with Jesus partake wherever you are because this is between you and God
They're just symbols. But these are symbols of your commitment to God. haven't done so let me remind you what Romans 10 tells us that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead you'll be saved if you have not yet done so if you have not confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior then do so. Install Him as the Lord of your life and ask for forgiveness for all the idols that you put between you and God. Just tell Him in your own ways, in your own words, Lord, from now on, my allegiance and complete devotion is to you and to you alone. I cast out, I throw out all of my idols. Forgive me, Lord God. Change me from the inside out. Forgive me in trusting other things, other people. I trust only you today. God is here. So tell Him what is in your heart. He's jealous for you. He wants your heart. Choose Him today. God Almighty, we come before you humbled by your word. God, you have set these commands, you have written them in our hearts, those of us who believe. And Lord, forgive us for our idolatry. Forgive us for not giving to you the glory due your name. Forgive us, Lord, because your word says you will not share your glory or your praise with another. And we have been guilty, Lord God. But Lord, because of the blood of Jesus, His sacrifice on the cross, our sins have been forgiven. And we don't have to be weighed down by our sin, Lord God. Because your Holy Spirit is in every believer, in every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through your Spirit, we can have victory. Forgive us, Lord. But in the same breath, Father, we thank you we thank you that even if we are who we are, sinners, you have chosen to choose us for this exclusive relationship. You are our God and we are your people. Teach us, Lord, to love you from our heart, to obey you from our heart, whatever the cost. We thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to minister to us, to guide us, to strongly support us. God, we don't deserve these things, but you chose to love us anyway. So teach us, Lord God, to put you first, to kill the spirit of pride in us, 
to kill the spirit of disobedience in our hearts, Lord. To kill the spirit of idolatry in our hearts. Lord, you have been hurt by our adulterous ways. By our idolatry. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Jesus, for trampling underfoot the sacrifice that you have done for us. When we don't live lives that reflect the Lordship of God in our lives. Help us, Lord God, to be effective witnesses so that we, through our lives, as we follow you, as we obey you out of love, that the people around us will see that we are your children but we are your followers. And use us, Lord God, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people around us, to share both in word and in deed about how it means to be saved and what it means to be a child of God. God, you've, given, you've told us in your word that when we give to your work, we give from the heart. So Lord, let no one be pressured about giving to the work of this ministry. But as they go out, Lord God, this morning, whatever you impress upon their heart to give, let them give freely. For those of us, Lord, who are not yet part of a discipleship relationship, will you speak to us, Lord? What is holding us back, Lord, from being ministered to and being ministered to others? Oh Lord, we're missing out on so much. And God, as we close our service of you this morning, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you for who you are. Lord, we declare this morning that there is no other God besides our God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we are careful to give you back all the honor, the glory, and the praise. For we come to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.